very interesting parable. It's the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And it's in Luke 16. Luke 16, verses 19 to 31. And it comes with a little bit of a health risk. Because it's all the parables. It's one of the parables that kind of we want to kind of stay away from because it's difficult and it makes us kind of think about the things that we don't want to to think about it's one of the parables that when we when we think of jesus we don't think of this one because it makes us have a look at ourselves and makes us have a look at the community around us so i'm going to read it in luke 16 the starting at verse 19 and it says this there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in an agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us, you and a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Well, I don't know what your instant thoughts are from that, but it's not a particularly nice parable, is it? It's quite tricky. It's one of those ones that we wish we could kind of take a pair of scissors and cut out of the words of Jesus. But Jesus spoke this parable on purpose. And this is one of those parables that he wants to say to the church probably more than to anyone else. Here, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. It kind of comes as part of a, a sort of set of parables, starting at the beginning of verse of, of chapter 15, where he's talking to the collect, tax collectors and sinners. But here it's the Pharisees in particular that he's talking to. And in verse uh, chapter 16, verse 14, it says, the Pharisees who loved money heard this and all sneered at Jesus. So it's particularly to those people that he's writing, the Pharisees, 
the ones that were supposed to know God's word, know God's heart, reveal God to the people. Interesting, isn't it? Because that's probably the place where we sit. If you were to sort of say, okay, who were the Pharisees of the day? It would probably be the Church of England. Let's just stick it out there. The ones who kind of on their high horse about everything. You need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this. Probably the people who were sort of the vicars of the day, the Pharisees, who were rich, wore lots of gold and, and purple and all sorts of things. And here this parable of the rich person and Lazarus stands out. Jesus is sort of saying to them, pay attention guys, because you're like Lazarus. And where does Lazarus end up? It's interesting, these, these two men in this parable, the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus has a name. But in this parable, Jesus calls the rich man just the rich man. It means insert your name here. Insert, insert if you're rich or if you consider yourself wealthy, insert your name here. The rich man was dressed in fine linen and luxurious clothes, but Lazarus was on the street, covered in sores. Eating from the table of the rich man is quite a polite way of putting it, but Lazarus was someone who was rummaging through the bins. That's what it kind of means. And it even goes into the gruesome detail of even the dogs licked his sores. Pretty grim. The complete unequal way of the time, the rich person and Lazarus, opposite ends of the spectrum. But it's interesting that both of these guys died. They both died. And maybe you haven't spotted it yet. Uh, my old man used to, used to say to us, well, remember, there are two things that will definitely happen in this world, taxes and death. Guess what? Death will come to us all. No matter how rich we are, no matter how poor we are, whether we've lived a good life or not, death will come to us all. And I don't know about you, but in our culture and, and in our lives, we don't like to talk about death very much, do we? But yet it's something that will happen to all of us. Unless Jesus comes again. Let's just put that caveat in there. Death will come to us all. But what's interesting is that these two people don't kind of go to the same place. One goes to Abraham's side. And that becomes quite confusing for us to kind of work out. But Abraham's side, for those of us who, who want to know and want to find out all the detail, means those to whom the promise has been given. So right back in the Old Testament, God promised Abraham a few things, didn't he? promised him a land, which was kind of Israel at the time. He promised Abraham a people group, and he promised Abraham, I will be with you. And so this person, Lazarus, goes to be where God is. We could almost call it heaven. Lazarus goes to where God is and is considered righteous. He is right with God. But the rich man goes to Hades, goes to 
a place that is not good. Hades was somewhere in Greek mythology. It's interesting that Jesus uses the word Hades rather than something else. A place where it was a place of eternal punishment, a place of uh, destruction, a place of endless torment. It's not kind of like God's waiting room, but a place of eternal punishment away from God. Kind of the way that, that the rich man speaks about it is a place of fire. Now, kind of even in the church at the moment, we don't like talking like this, do we? We kind of, in the modern church, have kind of tried to strip out the, the kind of hurt and the pain of what Hades might look like. We kind of go, oh, it's a place that God isn't. But actually here, Jesus is using the words of pretty rich language, pretty gruesome language. And it makes us feel uncomfortable. The rich man says, says to Abraham, please go and warm, warn my brothers. The five brothers that I have, please go and tell them what this looks like. And Abraham says, you've got Moses and the prophets. You've got the law and the prophets, the whole of the Old Testament, to kind of turn around. You should know what this looks like, guys. And then the rich man says to Abraham, well, why don't you send someone to my brothers? Because that way they'll kind of get. And it's interesting what Abraham then says back to the rich man. Even if someone rises from the dead, they won't repent. Even if someone rises from the dead, they won't, they won't kind of hear it and believe. And this parable leaves these Pharisees with a choice to either accept it or to turn away from it. It's like a mirror that is held up against us. Are we like the rich man or are we like Lazarus? Are we living the way that God shows us or are we living the way that we ourselves want to walk in? We've got a choice. It's the choice that is there throughout the Bible. Do we either go God's way or our own? And so we've got a choice. But it still leaves us with the uncomfortable things, doesn't it? We don't like to talk about our mortality. We don't like to talk about injustice. And we don't like to talk about judgment. Three things that if you were say, right, to build a church, don't talk about these three things ever. These are like touching the third rail of church planting. You just don't do it because no one's going to come to you. But here, if we're going to be a church that reads the Bible and, and delves into it, then we're going to do it, aren't we? So our mortality. During COVID-19, we've all been faced with it. We've all been faced with death and uncertainty. More people have turned to prayer during COVID-19 than at any other time uh, in the last 20 or 30 years. There's been an upturn in people trying to attend online church. And it's probably a result of us facing our mortality. 
because we don't know what's going to happen, and so we want to turn to God. Modern medicine has kind of lured us away into a false sense of security where we don't have to face the inevitability of our death. And here in the parable, both of these men die. There's no healing. There's no being brought back to life. They die. You know, and some of us might be going, okay, well, come on, Jesus. You know, you're all about healing people. You're all about sort of being raised back to life. What about these two blokes? And I often think about the other Lazarus that's mentioned, who dies and Jesus does bring him back to life. The poor man dies again. But death is a certainty. The reality check is that we will one day die. But are we as the church death confident? Are we death confident? Do we know where we're going? A friend of mine, uh, a GP, who is now also ordained, Sarah knows him well, a guy called the Reverend Dr. Samuel Muthavello. He's a, a GP in Milton Keynes. And he used to say to us, come on, guys, you need to not kind of water down what Jesus says. Death is certain, but are we as believers death confident? And the answer needs to be yes, because when we trust in Jesus, there is an answer. There will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There will be no more hurt because he's there to make the whole world new again. But we might have to go through death to get there. Secondly is injustice. We don't like to talk about it. You know, some of us who are millennials, we might be quite passionate about injustice. Oh, we need to do this or we need to do that. Oh, we need to kind of keep the world green. We like that, don't we? You know, I've been thinking, oh, we should really buy an electric car. But actually, we like to talk about injustice when it's at arm's length. But we don't like to talk about injustice when it's on our doorstep. The rich man knew what he should have done. He should have helped the poor man. He should have helped Lazarus. He should have given him food. He should have been there to be a support. You know, Boris Johnson, our prime minister, said, oh, well, COVID doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate between rich and poor. Well, guess what? That's a load of nonsense because it definitely does. Because there are people in Telford living right on the borderline of poverty that have found it even worse. Food banks during COVID-19 have had an upsurge. Rise in food banks, rise in domestic violence, rise in poverty, rise in job losses. All these things are there, but we don't like to talk about it because it's an injustice that is close to us rather than at arm's length. Another one is the sort of Black Lives Matter stuff. It's at arm's length, but are we going to do something about it? The rich man could have helped Lazarus while he was still alive, but he left Lazarus to suffer. Remember in your lifetime, it says in verse 25, remember in your lifetime, you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted and you are in agony. Remember, you could have done something about injustice, but are you willing to step up? And that is something we have to face too. Are we going to do something about injustice? 
I hope we will. You know, Sarah and I this week have been talking with the police in Telford about where can we, where can we serve? Where can we nurture? Our mental health pandemic is far bigger than the COVID one in our country. The domestic violence is huge in Telford. Child trafficking is exponential in Telford and it's still going on. So we've got to do something about it. Loneliness is probably the worst pandemic Telford's ever faced. But are we up for challenging that? So we've got something to do there, don't we? And the final thing that we don't like to talk about is the judgment of God. Our society really prides itself on self-regulation and judgment. I am my own judge and jury. As long as you look after yourself, I'll look after myself and we'll all be dandy. That's kind of what our culture says, doesn't it? But that's not true. When someone kind of challenges someone's behavior, there's sort of, there's an affront, isn't there? People get all uppity. People say, oh, well, you can't tell me what to do. Almost like a, a petulant child who's been told off. Oh, you can't tell me what to do. But actually, God is the judge and jury. We don't really have a say. We don't have a say. But we're unwilling to think that God has the choice. When we do that, it's something called universalism. We're kind of, we, we water down the Gospels to say, it's okay, everyone gets to go to heaven, we're all going to sit on a cloud and pluck our harps. Well, let me tell you something. It doesn't exist. God is the judge and jury. We are not. We've got a choice whether to go his way or our way, just like Lazarus and the rich man did. They had a choice. This parable brings the judgment of God into the foreground of our minds, mentions Hades and all sorts of things. Richard Borkham, a, a theologian, says this, that Hades is exclusively the place of punish, punishment for the wicked. Pretty grim. And so what are we going to do? These guys are on opposite sides of the chasm. Which side will we find ourselves in? Because when it's too late, according to this parable, we don't have the ability to cross over. God is the righteous judge, not us. We don't get to choose, but we do through Christ. We've got that choice. Jesus, who is risen from the dead, says, come and follow me. Just like that, that way that, that the rich man asks, oh, send someone to go and be risen from the dead so that they can lead my brothers that way. Well, guess what? Jesus has been risen from the dead. He's taken the keys of hell and said, you are free. Follow me. So we've got that choice. Moses and the prophets, the whole of the Old Testament has given us the choice to go God's way or our own way. And in the New Testament, we are given an even greater choice because Jesus has been risen from the dead and says, choose me. Don't choose your own way. Choose me. So without the mortality, we have hope. Jesus has gone ahead of us. We face death with Christ. And he says, I've got the victory. It's dead. There's no more death for people who believe in me. 
choose the destination for injustice. Those of us who are empowered by the Spirit, speak out. Speak out when you see injustice. Do something about it. Change your ways and let the Holy Spirit reform you to be like Jesus. And finally, judgment. We've got hope in Jesus. We are included in God's family. Our sin is paid for. Nothing sticks. It's like when you've decided to follow Jesus, you went into the frying pan factory and they sprayed you with Teflon. It doesn't stick anymore. When you die, you're going to Abraham's side. It's interesting that Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, says, when everything's kind of going to pot, Peter says, Lord, whom shall we go? Where do we go other than you? Because in you, you have the words to eternal life. But the question for us with the judgment is, are we up for sharing the love of Jesus with others so that they don't have to face what the rich man went through? We've got the choice to follow him. So are you up for sharing him? The dog's about to bark, just so you know. You're saying, Matt, you've gone on too long. But we've got the choice, don't we? So I wonder, how about we pray? We pray for Alpha because this week we're going to hopefully, even on the first one, see people come to know Jesus. Secondly, who do we know that we could invite to come to Alpha so that we can share Jesus with them? Because guess what? Online Alpha is the easiest way of sharing Jesus with someone than any way I've ever known. All you have to do is send a link. And thirdly, do we know him? So why don't we pray? Don't look around at the screen, but, but why don't we pray? Because we've got the same choice. We've got the same choice. Do we want to live God's way or do we want to live our own way? And so just like this parable holds a mirror up in front of us, Holy Spirit, would you... Would you come and hold that mirror up in front of us? Would you show us even now if we've been living God's way or if we've been living our own way? And we've got the choice. We might have been followers of Jesus for five, 10, 50 years. But which way of life are we living? Are we living God's ways or our own? The choice is up to you. So, Father, if we've been living our own way instead of your way, Lord, we want to live according to your law. Lord, that judgment has no hold on us any longer because of what you've done on the cross, Jesus. Lord, thank you that we might actually meet that rich man and say, it's okay, that we might meet Lazarus, I meant. And so, Father, would you lead us in your way? Lord, would we turn away from the things that we do and turn to your way? Lord, we only want to live according to your way. And just, just maybe there might be one or two of us who have been living our own way instead of God's way. But we want to go his way. Father, for Alpha this week, well, we pray that people might come to know you. That as we watch those talks online that you would be speaking to people, that you'd be calling to them to get to know you. Lord, for those of us who, who know people in and around Telford, Lord, would we have the confidence 
just to send them that link, whether it's in our workplace or our families or our friends. Lord, would we send that link out to say, come and join. And Lord, we pray that people would come to know you, that they too might be saved from judgment, that they might live according to your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.